Dreamwell, thank you very much for joining us today. Here we have Ryan, who's guitars on Dreamwell, and Justin, who does bass. So thank you for joining us. How are you two doing today? Doing good. Yeah. Living. Thanks for having us. Alive. Nice, nice. So uh, we'll be putting this into you up along with our review for um, your new album. Both of us have been listening to this record a huge amount, and we are absolutely in love with it. It It is really good. It's certainly among my top of the year and being in music press we we have to we have to we have to make that list um, out yet. and and <laughs> so where, where does that sit for you just my album of the year like i don't think anything will yeah it's an important for me album, album of the year i don't think anything coming out what we've heard even unreleased is going to beat it so yeah good Shit. job <laughs> Thank you. That's a huge compliment. <laughs> oh, it's, it's been a great year for music. So so hearing that is 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 huge. Yeah, it means the world. Hell yeah. Well, we were definitely excited to hear when we heard you sign to Prosthetic, because we, we love a load of prosthetic bands like People Slicer, like Death Goals. We've been picturing all of their stuff. Death Goals yeah. behind them. Yeah. Hey, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we saw that. We thought, okay, that's, that's fantastic. We were really excited to see where you go with it how long has this album been in the works for you uh literally we recorded it this time last year but so we you had to sit on this the whole year before that too yeah i i saw in your set lists that a couple of tracks have been in their set list for like some time like uh which ones were they body fountain light town towers uh yeah and towers so yeah you've had this for a while yeah Th those are probably like the oldest songs on the album too that's why they've been in the yeah. set list for so long <laughs> the longer we've had them around the harder it's been to like not play them because uh, at this point our, our last album has been out for two three years so wanting to put that new material in but wanting to play stuff that people still know not wanting to you know here's a whole set of brand new songs that you can't hear anywhere it's a delicate balance yeah, i think we probably like started playing them that last november tour so like yeah a whole year ago yeah they've been in the set sweet and i think that crop of tracks is a really interesting set to bring up actually because those are those are those are really heavy songs they really touch on your hardcore influence right yeah. like that is something that's so much stronger on this record i think right yeah uh, like uh towers is basically a song of me like teaching anthony how to play doom drums because if you hear his drumming he just plays like a million notes everywhere and it's ba basically it was like you can it's fine to like keep it below 200 bpm like we can do this like it, it, it's gonna sound cool <laughs> yeah and i remember this album we started recording a year ago but we've actually been working on it for much longer tracks like obelisk are at least two and a half three years old at this point because as soon as we finished the last album we started working on that song when i was living on the east coast i'm back on the east coast but before i moved to the midwest and i was still living on the east coast ryan and i would hang out for like entire weekends at a time and it'd be like three in the morning and we'd have a whiteboard and we would just be sitting there with guitars and like just cranking out riffs and that one that one was there from the get-go and it was definitely us like I don't, I don't know what a good word for it is uh I, I remember we wrote down like all good dream wells go to glass jaw and we were trying to like oh, yeah. channel glass jaw riffs <laughs> sick yeah almost every song is kind of like an origination of this like maybe what if i just like try to rip this thing off real quick and then just like expands uh obelisk actually like that main riff i wrote that all the way back in like 2019 
I got a new amp and plugged it in. And that was just like the first shit that I started playing out of it. And it took two years to get the band to like it, but now it's on this album. So, <laughs> so, so when I was sort of processing the evolution between the last record and this record, it was really that influence of the heaviness, the hardcore that really jumped out. And particularly noticing that, at least on the previous record, uh, Modern Grotesque, you were tending to have songs that were sort of primarily, I would say, emotive. So they're on that sort of screamo, big emotion, heart-wrenching bits with a little bit of the heavy stuff. I would say, feel free to comment on this, I would say on this record, you kind of spread that out a lot more. So there's tracks that go, you know, just as emotive, if not more, but you've also got heavier songs and there's so much more variety too. You've got these shorter songs, you've got these songs that blur together and you've got those longer songs. So it's kind of, I don't know, you're sort of in your prog era almost. Is that is that fair to say? We definitely intentionally went heavier with it. Yeah, so the heavier songs on Modern, like we're like towards the end of that writing system, system, uh, whatever the fuck I'm trying to say. Cycle. Cycle. Words are hard. And we were just... With Modern Grotesque, we were totally just like trying to rip like pianos, become the teeth, and this like other fifth wave post hardcore. I think and, from the get go, pianos, touche, the whole like wave yeah. was was our influence. When we first started Dreamwell, we were sort of trying to emulate them. And then as Modern was being written, we I was listening to a ton of fucking post rock too. Yeah, we started coming more into our own mm -hmm. and distancing ourselves from the bands that we were listening to and trying to like carve out our own little niche and. I think that's continued in a big way. Yeah, and we're kind of like the hardcore kids of the band. So we've just been slowly just pushing heavier stuff in general. And I mean, like Aki plays like straight up just like death and black metal shit, but she's very like atmospheric in the way that I mean, you can hear her play on the album. That's her playing those parts. I play the more rhythm based guitars. KZ wasn't our original vocalist. So half the songs were written with a different vocalist in mind on Modern Grotesque. And once we had KZ in the band, we kind of all realized like, oh yeah, we can do we can do heavier shit because that's what KZ does. Because uh, <laughs> I played in a Doom band with KZ before KZ joined Dreamwell. <laughs> so yeah, it's just been, as the band has grown in itself, it's just getting darker and more upset with life and the world. And yeah, it just comes out uh, in the music. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a good time to ask. We know you you two weren't lyricists on this album, but we wanted to ask you, what has this record kind of meant to you? What what time in your life does it kind of encapsulate? What moods are going into it? What emotion are you channeling when you hit those notes? That, so, that sort of thing. Uh, I can, I just like this one. Just pure frustration. <laughs> yeah, we, well, for me, this like, one was... I'm just like anger, it's just frustration. This one was weird because we started writing it and then I moved to a different time zone. I uh, got into a PhD program. So I was like, all right, uh, let's let's go do that. Um, I started writing riffs out there, coming back to play shows and to practice. And then over the course of writing this album, I was like falling out of love with my the program I was in. And ultimately, towards the end of the album writing session, I, I made a decision to, to leave. And it's it's really weird thinking back of like where I was when I was writing some of these riffs because like the album starts with a bass riff that I wrote when I was alone in Iowa and it was kind of like depressing because everyone's writing without me and I'm just like all right make sure you send the audio file at the end of the day so I can help as much as I can help <laughs> um, and then by the end of it 
I was just like, all right, I'm going to leave. So like, this is fine. And I just started writing like weird, complicated, tappy bass riffs alone in my apartment, coming back and everyone being like, excuse me, what is this? And I'm like, we should use it. It's cool. I swear. <laughs> and it was like the week after we just finished writing Doom Mo and we're like, ah, okay, sure, I guess. <laughs> we can make it work somehow. So for me, it's a really weird roller coaster of emotions of like being happy and falling out of love with something I thought was going to be my career and then moving back home and back to the normal writing process, which I'm mm. fucking thankful for. Oh, and I, I said Doom Mo, I, I meant Towers. That was the working title for Towers. <laughs> Oh, we're really, really good with the pun names. I was in between careers, basically, too. I like went and did electrical for a year, and that was like cool until the work environment itself and the people I would interact with on a daily basis were making me just lose my mind. Mentally, I was at my worst health ever, so I just quit and went back to my old job and basically did that mid-pandemic. So... That, that was the other thing it was just a, oh, yeah. it was just the pandemic when we were writing the album so we couldn't really be in the room together for like some months and then we started writing the album in uh the the, the kitchen of our practice barn and we had outdoor in, practices each, yeah in just different corners of the room <laughs> because that's what we assumed was the only safe thing we could do because we weren't just not gonna practice yeah <laughs> it's so weird in hindsight thinking about what life was like during the pandemic and trying to be in a band and most of us were working because we were all required to yeah and then you know that put us at risk and then, like trying to hang out together was like eh, should we yeah yeah we we're to... we're definitely in an era now where loads of records coming out have all been influenced by pandemics and bands doing weird things and bands especially having to navigate those scenarios where the ultimate thing that they want to do is get about a thousand people in a room in a tiny room and then play a show where they're going to spit all over the audience because they have to do with microphones you know yeah it was it's it's it was tough so yeah um and it's it's funny that you both mentioned sort of like at least you know jobs and careers not going to plan but like i it definitely it feels like a breakup album in in a lot of its its lyrical themes so i i definitely see that you know uh yeah i didn't write the lyrics but it definitely is i can tell you that at yeah. least sure i know the person that wrote the album <laughs> cool since you mentioned the, the the taffy bass bits uh let's home in on that because um there's quite a few really prominent bass parts that at least on the previous records i i'm not gonna say i didn't notice the bass but like you notice the bass on this one you mentioned the first song good reasons to freeze to death that's really bass led and also the tappy bits on really arms as well make for a completely different vibe so yeah this has been a really like the bass is really up a notch on this one so hats off to you for that that's that's really awesome yeah you got better tone i got better tone that was one of the, the things we noticed with modern is bass was sort of lacking even the recording process like we weren't even well, you weren't even happy with yeah the, we were very happening. unhappy with that our recording engineer was like yeah i'm not really fond of the way um it was mastered um and this time around we definitely made a change to that so you could hear what i'm doing and then i don't know i've just been surrounded by really good bassists so that that riff the tappy part anyway i'm good friends with nick from frail body who is a phenomenal bassist uses lots of different techniques including tap and i was like all right 
if we're gonna be playing the sort of same musical community, the same scene as this guy, I've I've got to at least be able to to keep pace with him. Um, whether or not I do, I I don't think so. But homie's phenomenal. Um, so I, I just wanted to to try at least. And there's lots of other good bases out there. It's not just him. Uh, Sleeve from Holy Ghost is an absolute shredder. Oh Sleeve is absurd. Touring with a band whose bassist is like head and shoulders, way more knowledgeable and Fucking talented. Six string and knows the theory. Yeah plays a six string but it's also like six and a half feet tall they, they, so it they looks just, like, like a normal guitar video. on him they just like posted a video the other day of them just like explaining and playing arpeggios and i'm just like cool dude i hope to even ever come remotely close to that yeah. so that's where that comes from nice the two tracks at the end of the record are actually a really big change of pace from the the start and the, those tracks being i dreamant of the room of clouds Let's see what you did there very Drum very goofy ramped and then and then yeah Rudinov's like both of those tracks nearly seven minutes I tell you what they remind me of you know when you're listening to like a Converge album and they've got the normal songs at the start and then at the near the end they've got the kind of long weird experimental one that which they'll probably never play live but it's it's there on the record um I've, it kind of feels like those songs I've never listened to Converge like okay you know, I'm the only one in the band I think with that stance but Justin might understand. I'm not the biggest Converge fan, even though we're both going to see Converge in November. It's funny, like how many comments I'll get. I'm just like, oh, I like, I like how Converge you like that guitar part is. And I was like, I, I don't know what that really means, but cool things. I'm glad you think it's cool. At this point, everybody's been influenced by Converge, so like you don't even need to go to the source. And mm. I only saw them for the first time like last month, as well. Oh, nice. So I, I guess that's the reason I have that. I've only heard great things. <laughs> They're there for you when you need them, if you need them. Clearly, you know what? Clearly you've already eclipsed that. Now you want to try and just like you keep dropping by it. Like, I'm going to go there one day. That's like Converge for me. <laughs> so with those two songs, were there any specific influences that had you going towards building kind of like a bigger, slower songs, at least it, especially in, in Room of Clouds? In so the, in that song? Inter interesting thing with Room of Clouds is KZ actually like originally wrote that song way way back on like a shitty acoustic guitar and we converted it yeah we one day they were just like yeah i know this is probably a long shot but like i don't care what you do with it like obviously change the guitar and shit but would you want to be down for this like i have the lyrics already down for it and it was like uh, yeah sure why, why the fuck not so yeah we just converted it too and we always <laughs> talk about using space and creating more sparse like soundscapes in our in our writing mm. and then we never do uh, and yeah and also so that like i think at that point really kind of like conducted that one in the room while because well basically we just like learned the song first and then we had the parts and we just kind of sat there and then anthony would just be like okay how is this like next bit supposed to go and he's like and he would just basically casey would basically explain just the amount of energy and like how chaotic it should be and then afterwards our friend Jess did like saxophone over it on some of those parts. And yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. It was fun using space. They're the last the two songs time. we wrote and finished on the album too. Yeah. The other song starts in nine and then we go to five. It gets mathy, it gets spacious, it gets hectic. And then it ends with that weird little like bouncy beat. Also within the, like the last month of us writing the album, we booked studio time. So we were on like a hard crunch like deadline that we had to finish writing this fucking thing by the end of the summer. And 
Rude and Alms was the last week of the summer, and that was that was just what we had at the end of the day, and that's just what we fucking. It's probably like just the most frustrating song. No, I I want to well, like say feeling for room me. Of clouds is for me because yeah, so much of it is just like open space chord playing for me. Well, I mean, like for me, the song like feels like it's indecisive in itself because it's just like maybe kind of. It just it goes through every like it goes through like every stage of grief <laughs> type of deal. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> I absolutely see what you mean on Rudinom's going from like the sort of like I, I guess the bass tapping the way that melody feels is is very ambiguous in mood especially coming out off of room of clouds you're kind of like where are we going now it's kind of it's it's quite exciting to have that that come in so late in the record this kind of like really ambiguous mood and then it does navigate it, just, it really goes all places up to that you know really emotive build up near the end until mm. the very last moment right and then spoiler alert if you haven't heard the the track yet go listen to the track but we get the title drop and then the nastiest fucking breakdown on the album it is it's insane it's sick. it's funny because like when we first like when we were figuring out the 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 tappy riff at the beginning i just i had that riff just like sitting there in the room and it was kind of just, like the most nonsense riff to begin with so it was like okay yeah sure whatever but we were like at the end of writing the song and like we had that like big like build up thing. This is like, how the fuck? Like we already determined this was going to be the last song on the album too. So we were just like, well, well, sh well, fuck. However, we end the song is how the album ends. So it was just like, title drop. I don't know, dude. I'm tired. I want to end this shit. Let's just put this stupid fucking riff at the end. It's a hard stop. All the other songs have had like these long, drawn out, whatever bullshit. Like, let's just end it so that's hilarious because because you listen to that part and it kind of absolutely feels like you're going to do like one last like chorus coming out of that that yeah no we just play this dumb just like my saddest dreams i'm beside you more often than not that that happens where we play a riff and then we won't use it for a long time and or it'll just like wind up being like the perfect little addition to a song even last practice i played a riff that i shared with you like three years ago and you're like oh that's cool and i was like we've had this for like three years we've never done anything with it it's like eh, oh yeah guess we could you mentioned space in dream and there is loads of space and you the production surrounding that track and the atmosphere is mm -hmm. really lovely and there are you're right that there's a lot of fast songs that don't leave a lot of space to do some atmospherics but you do have a whole track in uh reverberations of a sickly wound where it is that's just kind of like a nice post-rock interlude yeah um, that's like um a little thing that like aki wrote up one day well we also like got to the point where like there's a lot of stuff happening happening we might just want like a little lull and we kind of did like a little sound clip interlude thingy on the last album so we kind of thought we'd maybe go with the trend it was cool to be able to use the plus pedal uh the two of us are big pedal nerds yeah um and i i wanted i got a plus pedal it essentially just acts as like a piano sustain so you pluck a note you step on it it'll hold that and then you can pluck your next note step on it and it'll bleed the two together and create this like chord so when she came up with this idea i was like oh i know exactly what i'm using mm. um because true to form like every other person that owns lots of guitar pedals you drop so much money on something you use for like one song or a 30 second clip of a song and 
that's that song for that pedal. Yeah, and I have like three looping guitar parts basically that are happening. And like if I ever had to do it live, it's it'd be a nightmare. It, it's it's a very intricate. It's not even intricate. Just I have to step on the button at the right time, um, which I'm not great at. Uh, so that's what's happening there. And then Aki just has like these swelling chords in the back in the studio I just kind of recorded each one of those parts and then i was like cool put them where they need to go i don't know what else to do yeah i mean that i'm a huge ambient nerd um i love i love hearing just pedals working their magic so like that's a really nice moment on the record and it comes after actually my favorite song on the album it will hurt and you won't get to be surprised which is just that song is it's just so emotional it's another big one but it's like really emotive throughout it's it's mm. absolutely sick yeah. yeah that one's fun to play but it's yeah it's like you said it's hard it's intricate <laughs> yeah i'd i'd love to see that on a set list that's that's all i'm saying it's already on the set list yeah it's on the set list come see us in november uh, yeah that song's fun uh I did not know what to write for that song because that was like a song that I was in Iowa. It gets sent to me and I'm like, what? what is even going on at the beginning of this? And then it gets heavy. I'm like, all right, I got the heavy part. What do I do at this like weird ambient part? And I was like, true to form. I'm just like glass jaw deftonesy, sort of like weird bass part. All right, cool. Noodle around, basically recreate Ape Dose Mill a little bit and go. Yeah, you got that little like. No, that, that's smooth. Yeah, I remember oh. playing it live at practice for the first time, and Casey just like looked at me and Not was like, on. "What is this mellow <laughs> bass tone going on?" And I'm like, "Thank you." Uh, another question I have about sort of the structure of the record: there's sort of a, a bunch of tracks, more than once on the record, that sort of flow together very naturally. And that's not something you've done on previous albums. So, how how did when did you know you wanted to do that, and how did you go about like doing that? It seems like quite a hard thing to to pull off. You pull it off so well here. I think at the end of the day, we always see ourselves as like an album band. Yeah. So it's just we, we pre-pro up all the songs before we go into the studio, and so just so we have like tempos and not like wasting that time in the studio when we're actually there spending money. At that same time, we get to sit with all the songs and kind of puzzle piece which ones fit together. And then we actually like make the final links once we're at yeah. the studio as far as like making them seamlessly tie together. And, and sometimes like the, the first track, um, Good Reasons to Freeze to Death, mm. we, we initially envisioned the first two songs as potentially just being one song. And that's why they flow together so well. But like lyrically and thematically, as far as like song structure went, it just didn't make sense to to do another really long song when we have two long ones right at the end. And they, they clearly evolved into two distinct things. And we've always wanted to do the flowing into different songs. I know Aki's big on it. We we were always big on bands like World Is, mm -hmm. who were very good at bleeding tracks one into another. That, and also in the case of this album, we did actually like the first song we wrote. We was like we just said that's this is the first song, and then the last song we wrote, we're like this is the last one. That but weird. as far as everything else in between that, yeah, I guess the only thing that becomes hard is picking a single. So you've mm -hmm. got. First was Obelisk of Hands, uh, Banger, um, which that is reasonably standalone. Your next single is currently out as, as of recording is Blighttown Type Beat, which that one, when you get to the whole record, like flows like 
perfect with body fountain people just have to you know hear hear the way it ends and just that oh i know that's gonna that's gonna yeah, i can, I can hear that stick hitting have, or something you know so people have reached out and criticized us and like weird one to end with or come out with because the ending seems like it should go somewhere and we're just like weird huh weird how that seems like it should have more <laughs> joe do you want to ask a couple questions <laughs> about uh, the record yeah sure i guess my main one is is obviously the feature so i quite like ankle biter quite a lot yeah um great band their e their recent ep was like some of my top 10 of the year um and whatnot obviously i, I appreciate you may know how it's happened but i'm just curious to know like given that she um logan isn't they are not the main vocalist in the band like how did that like, come about because how do you know for a fact that they could like sing uh, very well and have that like connection come about so we met logan a long time ago uh when they used to be in a band called lilac queen okay and they were they did like half and half vocals in that band basically kind of deal and we just have loved their vocals and Casey didn't want to do that type of thing also like knew they gonna do it as good as somebody else so yeah the the new england music scene is is pretty small um lilac queen uh logan and the rest of their bandmates um were kind of stalwarts in the community that we came up with we're still in like a massive group chat of like bands that used to play the same basements or the same you know tiny bars every weekend in lowell um so it was really cool to finally like bring them into the fold having them specifically do a track is something that we've talked about since modern mm. we just didn't we just never asked i think we were kind of like afraid to be like hey um we really like your vocals and we'd love you to be on our album um and we finally got that to happen and also i just snagged a, a test press of lilac queen's album for uh um for myself so some some local lore i guess mm. it, it's always like a situation too where like part of like the people where i'd like love to work with them at like in a project to begin with like not even but with none of us ever have the time or that's not even feasible so it's just, it was cool just to like actually like collaborate on something for once yeah nice yeah i really want their vinyls but they don't ship outside of the us so i'm quite sad about that oh. <laughs> one day so basically this is late on this question list so i won't touch it too much but basically if you guys ever come over to the uk can you please bring ankle biter as well so i can get a vinyl <laughs> yeah. reach out and i'll throw one in my uh checked bag for you yes <laughs> all that i'll just do that that works out but yeah that was kind of my i don't know do you want to go back on to your questions that was, my, yeah, sure. that was my one main question i'm here to basically say <laughs> i like your album a lot ankle biter and that's about the one's a smart one so i'll uh i'll leave it back to him so speaking of smart questions your band has a pretty goofy online persona which <laughs> which is appreciated and that goes to, right down to the song titles i think the songs themselves as far as i can tell are all very serious pieces but you can't mm. you can't resist having some goofy names so in particular we got on this record blight town type beat i must ask who's the dark souls nerd in the band it, there's two of us all right you can't just point at me kz's also a big dark Souls. but you're nerd. the only one here but I'm the one here, and I will vehemently defend Dark Souls and DS2, even though I know people hate that one. I think that one's cool. one of my favorites. No, that, I respect that. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I just 
uh, I is think there a reason why it's called it's called that. It's it's got swampy vibes, but yeah, G Gazy was like th thematically, it, it's just like too accurate to like it is literally like Blight Town or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. I don't play the game. Um, so if I'm wrong, don't yell at me. He's just like I, I like I hate that it's like kind of a meme, but it's also just like too accurate. So it's not really thematically what it should be with everything else, but it's just fuck it. So you know do either of you play Dark Souls? All right, I, so I'm not good at video games, so I just play RuneScape. I've got a oh, right. my wall up there. <laughs> being cut off, but yeah, I'm so you've played Dark Souls One, you've been through Blight Town, you know how much of an absolute slog it is. Not playing experience, just like the what you're forced to do in there. Back and in the day as well on on Prepare to Die edition with your all five of your frames per second as well. Yeah, it was it was hard. And if you go in the wrong order and you're there too early, you're not getting through it. So so that's part of what's being conveyed as well as I mean the title itself is Blight Town type beat, not not in reference to like the beat of the song, but like oh this is another swampy area, like like a Blight Town type area. So that's kind of what's being connoted um, using Blight Town as a means of forwarding the the lyrical content. Yeah, nice. I'll I'll always respect uh, a Dark Souls reference. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, media references. I understand that Sayaka is an is an anime reference, one of your your most streamed song, actually. Yeah. Who's the Who's the anime nerd? That's KZ, for sure. Okay. KZ. Well, big ups KZ for <laughs> the anime reference. That is a reference to Madoka Magica. If mm -hmm. people are not not aware, I'll I'll stop talking now and ask a different question. Um, <laughs> so live shit. Um, I was looking at who you've been touring with recently, and you've been playing with some absolute goats. Um, let's start with Fall of Troy. What the fuck? Yeah, that was that was random. Yeah, that was, that was fun. <laughs> I, I was introduced to that band by Guitar Hero, so you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I think that's that's kind of our generation with that band. I got to see them a couple, yeah, about about a month ago at uh, Arc Tangent. Um, they have still fucking got it. They're they are awesome. Yeah. Did you do quite a few dates with them? Four? Yeah. Yeah. Just four. Yeah, they ripped. They fucking Andrew, their drummers, just nuts on yeah. the fucking kit. Nuts on like, the kit. And like this to do that shit for an hour and a half straight. And then at the end of the night, like come up to me with like in the settlement and was like, How are you alive right now, dude? You're just like dripping sweat and you're now like in manager mode like animal great dude consummate professional i like how he has like comportment at all times like just the most like chill laid back dude and their rhythm section him and uh john henry Fucking on bass are just so holding good holding it down holding it down to the point where thomas like if thomas made a mistake he he knew exactly where to come back in because the rhythm section is just like infallible in that band. Yeah, like his, his one of his cables died one night, and then it was just like drum and bass, and it's like that. That's fine. It's still I'm not cool. upset right now. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch of bands, um, but I just want to ask you about um, uh, Joe got out his Omerta LP. You did. Mm -hmm. You did at least one show with them. Yeah, it was uh, the same run with Fall yeah. of Troy, uh, actually. Okay, cool. Yep, they were there for all those. And Another, they're all amazing humans as well. Oh, yeah, they're 
they're sweetie pies. I, I love watching new metal, but with like, I don't know, it, it's not the new metal I grew up listening to. It's that, but it's, with like a better new spin new on new it. Metal. <laughs> and it's like advancing the genre and that new exp exponent. And they're all <laughs> great too. So another band that I like, kind of, I see them as like very hype online at least because I, 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 I have to look at this stuff happening in America and be like, oh, if only. Is Home is Where? They're really, they're really big for like, like emo. To, yes. You know, just where is emo now? It's Home is Where. You know, like. We're on the list. We're on the list. <laughs> we're, we're writing a listicle of emo bands right now. You just, you just reminded us. That has to make the list. <laughs> yeah, they're that fucking great band. It was it was really fun to play with them in Boston. Yeah. Nice. And another one you did recently was Better Lovers. Yeah. That is hype. Yeah. That was that was nutty. I didn't expect that one at all. That, that wasn't on my bucket list for 2023. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just like walking around and like obviously eated legendary status band in the scene. So having the three of them there. Um yeah, just sitting there changing my strings and looking up and there's this fucking buckley in front of me and it's like oh, oh okay <laughs> i'm just gonna continue what i'm doing right now <laughs> this, this is normal <laughs> also a bit of a scoop uh at one point jordan buckley pans to me and he's just like today's the first night i've ever worn earplugs i don't like it and i'm like the first <laughs> and he's like yeah yeah i mean i'm getting old and i'm like you've been doing this for like 25 years how can you hear me right now And he's like because i wore earplugs and i'm like yeah but just tonight not like before that and he's like confused about my line of questioning i'm like how have you made it thus far oh i mean that's huh. maybe i shouldn't wear your books yeah maybe not maybe that's the secret to good riffs and tone you just never use <laughs> you gotta suffer for your art yeah this sunday you are playing with uh, another band we love at the site ithaca right mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's right work the next day it's rad <laughs> love doing it <laughs> Good three and a half hour drive. Yeah, three and a half hour drive, One hour way. of sleep, go to work. Oh. I hope that's all worth it. They're also going to play some some shows later on, so I'm I'm very excited to see them too. And and another couple you you've got coming up: Blind Equation and Gospel at mm -hmm. uh, a future show. Gospel, seeing them back is is that super hype, isn't it? Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Okay. That's that's like another where we just like reached out and was like, hey, I want to do this, and it was like, yeah, okay. I was like, oh, it's really that easy. Percent <laughs> of the time, we're always like, oh, I don't know, they're a big name. Can we just email them or slide into their DMs and ask? Mm -hmm. And ninety percent of the yes. time, it's like, yeah, just reach out. We'll we'll play shows because we're a band and we play shows. Uh, they were literally like, yeah, we're actually like playing the next day anyway, so we'll just play a different set. No big deal. Are there any other bands that you played with recently that you want to shout out? uh sunflower world is amazing friends of ours world is amazing friends of ours stay inside the holy the holy kids the holy ghost tabernacle choir amazing amazing group of people who else we're gonna inevitably forget some random feel horrible uh world's greatest dad world's greatest dad literally saved our lives in west texas what expand on that oh <laughs> ryan's up <laughs> okay i'll i'll do i'll do first half yeah. So we play a show in Arkansas <laughs> and we it's pouring rain and we were like, all right, we got to find a place to sleep tonight. And the two of us are like, we drive all night. We get to Texas. We get we book a place to stay for two nights. That way we have like sort of a home base. It'll it'll be worth it. All right. 
So we're the GPS yeah, says we're gonna get like there at like six, six and a half hour drive. So it's like, what's gonna be worse, waking up and making that drive in the morning, or just doing, doing it. it and getting done with? So we set out, and at like six thirty, we were scheduled to get to Texas. Mm. At around five thirty in the morning, Ryan's driving. The back left tire blows out on the highway. Ryan pulls over, gets us to safety. I pop out. Uh, tire is fucked, and. The tire is filling with black liquid that is pouring out the bottom of the van. And we are just like, that's not supposed to do that at all. Okay. So we take all of our gear out of the van so we can jack up the van. We had to get the jack out. Yeah. Get, <laughs> struggle to get the tire off because we were on uneven terrain. So we, we get the tire off. We can't get the new tire on. We, we call a tow truck. They jack us up. We get the tire on. And we explain like, Hey, we're leaking fluid. I know it's not oil. I know it's not transmission fluid. I know like all this stuff. Can you just follow us for a minute? That way we can see what's happening. Um, follows us till the next exit. No problems. All right. We think we're golden. Um, less than a minute later, the cab fills with smoke. We pull over again and have to call the same tow truck driver back over. Um, at that point, I explained to him like, Hey, we got a show tonight. We got to get like new tires um whatever fluid leak is going on we gotta get that checked out get that fixed and then we gotta get a ball joint put on our front left because that was acting up mm -hmm. and we got all of this done at three different locations and still made it to the venue we played our that was our opening night of the tour with the world is a beautiful place yep um the two of us were awake for 43 hours straight we never went to bed that night <laughs> yeah i was convinced it was raining outside um mid conversation with the world is and i was like why are we standing out here the, never expected to ever play two shows on the same sleep in my life and then and walk a mile to a shop to drop a van off for tires and walk to the venue yeah but <laughs> pick it up from there because then it got worse uh uh we had to go to austin the next day so we go there. We land in the. We, we get to the holy land of Bucky's. Um, this massive gas station. If you're not aware of Bucky's, um, and no, you're not in the U.S. It's this massive gas station that has like 120 gas pumps, and is it's basically a theme park, but it's a gas station. This is a truck stop. Um, so get there. Think everything's great. Um, keep going. The second I ro get off the highway into Austin, I just hear the band is making like a and was like, oh, that's not great. That's not cool because this thing was just driving like a Prius for the first time in his life ever. But that's cool. Um, we bring it to another shop the next morning. It's a Sunday though, so there aren't really many good options and there's nobody at the shop that can fix it or even diagnose di diagnose what's even wrong with the thing. Uh, the best we got was like, uh, it could be your flywheel. So, you know, things are weird. It could be 600 miles or 6,000 before it goes. So, I don't know. You said you have to be in Phoenix tomorrow. So, uh, I'd say just fuck it, go. See how far you get. <laughs> so, that's what we did. We got halfway and... Uh, it stopped going and uh, sat on the highway yet again for like another three hours. 
World's Greatest Dad came, picked up half the band. Uh, they basically went to the hotel we were supposed to get to, I think, right? Yeah, they went ahead. They sent two people back in rental cars. So uh -huh. Aki, KZ came back. One car got filled with gear. One car stayed behind with Ryan and I. Ryan and I got towed to a town called Van Horn, which was nothing more than a big rig shop, a diner, and a motel. We we get there. I'm like, oh, let's just get a motel room. Well, it's across the street from the shop. We go there first thing yeah, in the morning. Yeah, we got there at like 10 at night, so just nothing was open. Nothing we had to was spend open. the night. Um, the motel room was nice. It only cost Literally us across the street from the shop, we dropped the van off. Cost us $38. <laughs> mm -hmm. There were bullet holes in the walls, and we didn't notice till the morning, but there was blood stains all over the bed I was in. And I was just like, oh, nice. No, well, hot, no hot water. Blinking bathroom lights. Yeah. That was like, rad. Unplug the microwave to use the TV. Um, <laughs> and then the next morning, we go next door, and they're like, oh, yeah, your crankshaft is gone. Yeah. So we scrapped the van, hopped in the rental, and drove nine hours, got out, and played a show. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. But so clearly you must love touring. So I'd, Honestly, like, to, like, I'd like to invite you to the UK. It's, it's just an adventure. It's an adult adventure. You don't have shit like that happen to you unless you're doing something stupid in general, like spending all your money to drive across the country. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's just—it's asking for trouble, but it's, it's what you got to do, I guess. It's fucking yeah. fun. I saw, I, I took a loop of the U.S. I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't playing in a band. Yeah. So the UK is smaller. It's a nice place. Uh, we like music here. Uh, so yeah, you should definitely come and play some shows. We would like that very much. At some we, point. They're trying to. I don't know when. Any opportunity to play Eventually, a show with like say that. Death Goals or Pupil Slicer or Svalbard, I am mm. I am so down. Mm. That's one for Dobbin. Dobbin, get yeah. on the get on that's, the lower. That's my stuff. So yeah, I'd love to see that happen. Uh, a specific request we have is when you do come here, we'd love some no barrier shows because I want to be like Mike grabbing off KZ, and I know Joe would do the same. Um, I can't so, scream, so I'm not mic grabbing. Don't worry. I, you can just hold it. I can <laughs> imagine, shout. Imagine saying those words. I think that wraps up my questions. Uh, except for your fantastic new album that's coming out, do you two want to plug any any other bands, any other projects that you've got going on, that sort of thing? I do have one releasing something. One selfish question. So you're you two are based out of the UK. Do either of you follow the EPL? Yeah, well, the what Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Well, I watch. I watch the football league, so I watch the stuff below it. Oh, all right. That's that's too difficult. I, I do. I I do. I do watch the Premier League there. All right. Is there a team you support? Um, so I used to live in East London, so I like West Ham. All right, that's fair. James Ward Prowse, hell of a season. Yeah, good signing because obviously they right. weren't going to sign him. They were kind of just like, eventually they got it over the line, <laughs> yeah. last minute. But um, yeah, good sign. It's like Moyles. They were. Boys basically just got his way in the end. <laughs> just like, I'm going to sign James Ward Prowse, maybe Harry Maguire, but obviously got one of the two. And now it's just done really well. So it's kind of like, yeah, it would help me in the end. Yeah. All right. All right. The other two are making faces. So we have to stop the. the I'm just level. looking at Ryan like, what are they talking <laughs> about? This is what this is. This must have been how it felt when I was talking about Dark Souls earlier. Like, 
Yeah, that's true. Oh, but I haven't played Dark Souls, but like, yeah, I because I went up when obviously the World Cup was on last year. I was in Portland, <laughs> so I was like experiencing like watching English football, not English football, kind of watching like as you kind of go soccer like in America. It's a very different experience. <laughs> it's a breakfast sport for us because it comes on yeah. at like seven a.m. where we're at. Yeah, I found oh. the book then. The guy was like, they open at five a.m. Yep, but like most like Premier League games, and obviously like watching the World Cup on the games, and like you're there in, a, in like a bar with like a pint at like ten a.m. Being like, this feels kind of wrong, but I'm just going with it. One last football related thing: Prosthetic actually sponsors a club. Yes, they do. Yes, which is rad. Yeah, I don't know who it is. But I know they do. Yes. Um, yeah. And and big thank you to Will from Prosthetic <laughs> for getting me a gloss up uh, kit. Much appreciated. But yeah, actually, when I was in Portland, I, I did see Murta live. I saw the Loathe tour. It was the Loathe, Stat Address, Murta, Unity TX, and I saw the Dying Wish of Counterparts. So nice. I have seen Murta live once. So hopefully yeah. you and Murta come over here and I'll be very happy. would love to, to be honest. I've just looked it up. Prosthetic Records is the main sponsor of Glossop North End Football Club. I'm looking at a picture of a guy in a suit who's presumably with Glossop North End. And Dawn Raid and Becky as well from Prosthetics. So, like, <laughs> cool, I guess. Yeah. Random. <laughs> Very. Well, come on, so who, do you, uh, who do you support in the Premier League? Uh, I'm team? a Liverpool fan. Oh, Liverpool fan. Oh, yeah, Liverpool are all right there. Yeah. Yeah, nice team. I always have to clarify, like, because we're in New England, it has nothing to do with the Red Sox. I, I don't <laughs> care about baseball. And when Fenway acquired it, I was kind of bummed because now it just looks like I'm just standing the Fenway poser. sports group. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I swear I was there back in the day when. Yeah. Please, I'm a thing. true fan. I can't. I, I, I've been to, I went to a baseball game in Seattle. And I just, I just, I just don't get it. <laughs> I'm just like, this is... It sucks. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, I did ice, ice hockey is kind of my more. I did an ice hockey game once. That's more my more my kind of. Oh yeah, I can't ice skate for shit. Yeah, but it's fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. So I did lacrosse. All right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sports <laughs> chat done. <laughs> oh shit. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to plug? Uh, stay inside. Keep releasing tracks as if they're going to release an album sometime in the spring Ooh. of 2024. Stay inside. Hmm. Damn. Um. I don't know. Any of our friends, Sunflower, better release something. Those guys, like, they got nothing else going on. Fucking lazy fucks. They should do something. I don't know. Maybe death goals with us, and like one day, if we can ever, yeah, be friends in real life. We keep flirting with the idea of working with death goals in some capacity because we have an obsession and um it's it's very tough to link up with a band when they're in a different country <laughs> this was this actually was going to be one question i wanted to ask as well obviously like you clear like death goals from at least this year what other stuff this year has come out that you like Ooh. like or have enjoyed <laughs> on the, it's always a bit on the spot one um Svalbard have released two new tracks that have me like I'm just dying for that new album. Um yeah, I, I know we've got, we've got that in for review now, and it's yeah, it's really good. It's I really cannot good. wait. It's yeah. it, like I how they've stepped it up even more from when I die does it get better. 
like it came on on like shuffle and i was like who the hell is this oh my god it's it's even more soundscapey and massive um i know frail body has an album and i'm just like every time i see them i'm like yo when's it coming out please please at this point hold on till next year so i don't have to so dreamwell doesn't have to like compete with it in 2023 <laughs> um but yeah uh really looking forward to that um who else uh see my problem is like i kind of listen to albums a year late same so everything well, i think from last year like, year i'm in is always a year <laughs> behind so james blake just new album james that i'm in blake. love with i know that's not at all related to the scene but i mean yeah i mean i've been i've been bumping the new death cab album it's really and then I'm, album. I'm obsessed with nana which is yeah. like the main part of, of mice and men person that like went off is doing a little solo thing now sincere engineer just dropped an emo banger yep i haven't fully listened to that Sick one yet band, yeah but i yeah, feel like they just they good. just released an album already they did that shit quick yeah no it was good that's um, a that's a great quit your phd band by the way did they they definitely got songs like literally about quitting your phd oh yeah yeah i could have been a doctor but i didn't care enough yeah 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 i, I thought about that a lot while i was <laughs> not caring enough i've got a phd so it that one hit me so oh yeah. what, what did you go for uh earth's earth science geology but with computers yo oh oh we have some overlap here I went for not not rocks, but for people. I went for archaeology. I oh, have two wow. MAs in archaeology and was going for a PhD. We cool. There's lots of y'all in close contact with us on teams. <laughs> the rocks and the bones. Inevitably, I'm digging a <laughs> hole. And there's one kid who's really into the rocks, and I'm like, "You you do geology, don't you?" And they're like, "Yeah." Look at the schist, and I'm like, "I hate schist. I could not care." Yeah, we uh, we get we get tracked. Uh, I'm, I'm no longer doing sort of sciencey stuff in my day job, so it's it's sort of it's a bit behind me now. But I'm quite proud of my history as a geoscientist. That's yeah. that's cool. So, it's an yeah. accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, but but also doing a PhD is like a recipe for like a mental health crisis as well. So yep. mm -hmm. it's um and it's it's so like supervisor dependent and institution dependent. So it's yeah, it's, mm. it's ah. supervisor dependent. Yeah. It is. <laughs> and that's my experience. <laughs>